Welcome to the Viva Bastardo show, which is a part of the Haggerty Podcast Network. This is a show about um, all the stuff that I find fascinating, which is almost everything. Obscure cars, interesting watches, uh, weird YouTube shows that I watch. I'll be talking to interesting people, probably a lot more interesting than me. Um, and you will learn a whole armada of totally useless information. Well, that's good. It's good. My brain wasn't full enough of just useless stuff. It's good. The minutia's good. Because when you don't really know anything, when you're kind of dumb, it's always good to dazzle people with useless information. That's, that's been my technique for years. So let me ask you this. What's your name? Oh, <laughs> you don't need to know my name. Well, Phil, Philip Toledano is the name. God, <laughs> is, was, that, is that so? And just so we're on the record here, my name is Matt Ticillo, and I'm here to help you. Be your Sherpa of sorts. But uh, I used to do this for hip-hop magazines. State your government name for the audience. It's Philip Toledano. Yeah. I don't have any middle names. Okay. I mean, it's kind of disappointing. So for that reason, when my daughter was born, her middle name is Marmalade. Right, because it's a throwaway space. Just throw any word. Yeah. There. Well, you might as well have something interesting in there. <laughs> like, it would be great if it was Philip Houndog Toledano or... Well, maybe not. Philip Sardined. I don't know. You know what? Forget it. I'm just going to go with the no middle name thing. Okay. So you're Phil. Yeah. Phil, Phil. is good. I like, I mean, I, it's the common touch. I'm a man of the people. So Phil. Okay. And, and then if people don't know your government name, what's your internet name? Internet. <laughs> well, there's the OnlyFans internet name. And then there's the Instagram internet name, which is Mr. Enthusiast. So you may know me from Mr. Enthusiast and all the weird odds and ends I post on there. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I think most people will probably know you from your internet name. Than yeah. your they won't know my. They name. won't. Yeah. <laughs> Although I was recognized, I was at the hotel I was at last weekend. I was some guy came up to me like, "Hey, how are you?" And I thought, "Oh shit!" I was in the boot room getting some skis fitted, and he's like, "Hey!" And I was with Lulu, my daughter, and he goes, "Hey, how are you?" And, I, and I'm thinking, "Oh shit! See, this is what happens. I'm so old, I can't remember ever meeting anyone anymore." And he, and he started, I was like, hey, he started talking. I was like, oh, shit, sorry. I follow you on Instagram. And I go, oh, okay. Thank you for just explaining that so I don't feel like I had to pretend I know you. Imagine if he never did. Yeah. You'd just be sitting there wondering on the ski lift, where do I know him from? That happens all the time that I've given up. <laughs> all right. So we've gotten your government name. Uh, you've given the audience a little bit of a description of what we're going to be doing here right. uh, with this show, which is all things Bastardo. Right. Which I can't roll the R. Bastardo. I mean, the, all things bastardo to me is kind of a it's a it's it's a contrar a slightly contrarian look on life. It's the idea of looking at things that are a little unlooked at, uh, the idea of looking in a, a direction that people are, are not looking towards, and finding things that have sort of been hidden in the shadows or you know under tarps or covered by dust balls that 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 have not been paid attention to that maybe deserve to be paid attention to. So, like conspiracy theories? Yes. <laughs> Exactly. QAnon. So this is really a QAnon channel. So if you're into QAnon, this is the place to come to. I'll happily discuss uh, how the world is flat. The lunar landing never happened. Oh, man. Oh, oh. oh Mikhail is texting me right now. Apparently the show is canceled he before has, we started. He has a couple of notes. Just a couple of notes. <laughs> a few notes. Here's a few notes for us. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to work out of order here on some things. Okay. Um, what was your first car? The first car I had was in college. was an 84 GTI, uh, Volkswagen GTI, Vol Volkswagen Rabbit. Um, and 
the the muffler fell off and it was just sounded fucking amazing. Like from then on, the moment the muffler fell off, I was, you know what? I really love cars and I'm obsessed with how they look. I remember the very first car I, I cut out of a magazine, put on my wall. And you have to, this is a bit of a contextual thing. It was an, it was like an 80, like an 84 Camaro Z28 in red. What? That I cut out from a Time magazine because I'm English. So, well, I, well, sort of said, so I grew up in England. So this thing was, I looked exotic and amazing. Because think about English cars or cars in England in the 80s. They were kind of shit. Yeah, they were, they were like pressed balls. So this thing looked amazing. So I put that up on the wall. I didn't, I never had the Lamborghini, but I remember walking to school and seeing like um, the Porsche 928, the, the BMW 6 Series. And I saw um, a couple of times, I saw like a Lancia Delta Integrale. And I once saw um, in the showroom uh, a Renault 5 Turbo 2. And I was just like, Ooh. like a Dickensian street urchin, like cold smudged cheeks pressed up against the glass <laughs> just mesmerized by that thing were your parents like why are you looking at this oh yeah because as a kid so we had the the, the car we had a, as a kid was a it was a british leyland austin maxi and you should google it cause it's it's like a it's like a it's like a mini um that's gotten into a fight and taken steroids simultaneously it's just it's it's really ugly and it was brown it was like a honey brown on the outside and sort of like an explosive diarrhea brown on the inside with perforated plastic leather seats, which I remember would leave this like mesh pattern on my schoolboy legs because I had to wear shorts going to school. This, by the <laughs> way, the color you described of this car sounds like most of the food in the UK. It was in the seventies. It was it was color matched. It was PTS. <laughs> it was paint to sample. <laughs> oh, paint to sample British cuisine. Yeah. Well, so oh, I want to go. In an order, because I have a list here, because I'm very <laughs> methodical. But Okay. But, okay, so you grew up in the UK? Yeah. Okay. Lon- well, I grew up in London and Casablanca, because my mom was from Morocco. So, oh. So, <laughs> so, oh. so, yeah. That's where the exoticness comes that's from. Right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And then when did you get over here? So I came to, uh, I was living in Paris after, I went to college in Boston, and then I moved back to Europe. I was living in Paris for a couple of years, trying to be a a fashion photographer and failing dismally. So my cousin said to me, you know what, you should move to New York. And I thought, you know what, that's an amazing idea. So I moved to New York in 92 or 93 um, and got a job in advertising. But wait, so you did school in Boston? Yeah. Are you, can you do the Boston accent? No, I can't do that one. Can you pack the cat? Uh, Yeah, I can't do that one. I can do like a weird, like a a kind of a John Wayne... uh, you know? <laughs> no one in Boston sounds like John Wayne. Well, you're right. But that's the only voice. Oh, I could do like a weird like, oh, my God, my ass is like so enormous right now. And these Ugg boots and like juicy couture sweatpants. Like that's the other voice. I so can- you could do like you could do like a young girl TikTok voice. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I could do like a young girl California Valley girl voice for some weird reason. And then the other American accent. Oh, the, the announcer accent. Which is very good. Yeah. Brought which, to you by. Right. Which you probably heard in the ad reads uh, <laughs> at the beginning of this. That's right. So, okay. So, London area? London, central London, then, then I guess, New York since 92. Okay. Very interesting. So. Is it? Not really. No, it is. I mean. You it's re- great. No. <laughs> See? Really wonderful. The higher right. the, the higher the voice, bigger the bullshit. Right. Yeah. This, no, it's very interesting. This is why I don't play poker. <laughs> oh, what cards do you have? I don't have anything. I've got no. an amazing hand. <laughs> 
No, but okay, so you were here like before it was like Disneyland. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, I was here when, when I know this is such an old guy. I was here when you guy, you don't know what it's like. But uh, it, I mean, it's a kind of a geezery thing to say, but New York was interesting, was more interesting because it was so varied. Like you go to Times Square and it was this sort of nexus of filth and porn and strangeness. You know, you go to the East Village and it was sort of interesting and, and slightly like we used to go to, I used to go to all these nightclubs in Alphabet City, which was sort of like this dangerous, uh, semi-abandoned area. Um, I mean, it's still not great at night. I mean, it's, but it's so, I mean, it, I mean, it was just, there were rows upon rows of empty buildings and you used to see like it was during the Giuliani as you'd see helicopters uh, in the middle of the night and they'd be doing these police raids trying to empty out these squats and all this kind of stuff um and so and you could live cheaply like I remember I I shared a a two-bedroom it was a railroad (laughs) we had we had roaches like herds of bison just roaming the walls and you know you'd lift up shit and they'd be like a thousand roaches just run for it was just it was amazing i remember and we got all our furniture from the street i remember once there was this really peculiar smell in my room wait just for clarification the street was not some like really hip store it was the literal street <laughs> yeah, it was the actual street so okay get, nice yeah we get by we got our sofa from there i had like a i had as my desk chair it was a round cylindrical cardboard tin that said like flavor number 62 on it so i think it was for the chinese restaurant next door I remember that, yeah, so there was this weird smell. And after like four or five days, I was like, okay, fuck it. Let me just find out where this smell is coming from. And eventually it was, I, I shook out this dead mouse that was in my shoe. <laughs> oh. So that was the weird smell. Okay, so you, but, but, okay. You could, but it was, I think it was 700 bucks a month. And split, so you could live there. You know, you could live in the city right. in a real apartment for not much money. So this is 92. This is 1892. 1892. Yeah, that's right. Right, uh, right <laughs> after the Civil War. I was at a loss, didn't know what to do. <laughs> So it's 92. So you've been through school. You've been to Paris. Yeah. Didn't work out as a fashion photographer, (laughs) which is a really smart plan if you're trying to meet chicks. Right. Um, Kind of. Yeah. But it was French girls, so they want to have nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you. Yeah. Nothing to do with you. Unless you have cigarettes. Um, Did you have a car? At any point during this time, like when you were in the nineties, yeah, in the nineties. Well, so then the then the first car after that, I bought a Volvo P eighteen hundred from a guy in Long Island um, who was moving to like Dubai or something, and and it was his baby, and I bought it I think for like three grand, and I would drive it around the city. I parked, I street parked it, so it's outside my East Village. I was living in East Village. I street parked on the street, and every time it rained, I have to go down there with a wire wool to like get the rust off all the chrome. But it was an amazing looking car, but it was like driving a sit-down lawnmower. I mean, it, was, it was a terrible car to drive, but it was beautiful to look at. No, P1800 I, is like the timeless design. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's amazing. And I remember I, I remember a couple of times I got pulled over by the cops because they just wanted to know what it was. It oh, was it's like a straight spaceship to them. Yeah, they were yeah. like, and the, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it wasn't that I was speeding. I couldn't physically speed in that car. Right. Uh, Unless it was down a steep hill. But yeah, and it, so there was that car. And then when I got a job in advertising... Um, and I made a bit of money. I bought a 1990 Porsche uh, C2. Wow, you really went like full ad exec. Like... Oh, totally. And, and, and it was Did all... you have the ponytail? <laughs> oh, that's right. That's record. That's record. That's record guy. I had a hat with the ponytail attached. Nice. Okay. Classy. Just, yeah. That, yeah. So um, it was a rat's tail. So <laughs> braided and peroxide tip. <laughs> Details are very important. So then I had the silver, which which was 27 grand. Uh, no, you buy it new? No, no, no. It was used, um, and it leaked quite a bit of oil. 
And that's the first, that's the car. I did an amazing, like, so I really didn't know anything about driving. I mean, I don't know much more now, but I was, dri- <laughs> I was driving. I was going on an off-ramp. It was raining, and I sh- downshifted, didn't match the revs, and then just did this kind of Barishnikov triple pirouette off the off-ramp oh, <laughs> into the mud, just spinning around and around. I remember I was spinning towards this one pole in the middle of this giant field, and all I was thinking about was, shit, I don't have the money to fix this car <laughs> if I hit the pole and I stopped about a foot from it. And I remember just hearing the ticking of the engine and just thinking, holy shit, holy shit. And then all the cars driving past, no one stopping this to see if I was okay because I was some dick in a Porsche. Right. So, so you know. With no- now a matching brown interior. <laughs> That's right. Polka dot. It's oh more God. of a Jackson Pollock sort of decor. Yeah, that's the problem with the 911. Eventually, the motor wants to lead. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't know any. I mean, like you know, downshifting on a turn in the rain. Yeah, is probably. You, yeah, that's like the tri, that's like the holy trifecta of stupidity. Yeah, I'm not a racing instructor, but I could tell you that's yeah, probably not. You would advise against. Yeah, it. you know, my non-professional opinion says don't do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So after the 911. Yeah. After you got through the Mad Men years. Yeah. What then? Well, the Mad Men years, I was, I, I was, a, I was an, uh, in advertising till like 2000, I think it was. And then I picked the tech collapse to decide to become a photographer and an artist. Uh, so that's what I did from 20, uh, 2000 till basically now with also like the, which, the Viva Bastardo uh, a lifestyle brand I seem to have inadvertently started over the last year and a half. So... When you were doing the ad stuff, yeah, obviously you know the nine eleven, right, right. Check that box, yeah. But is that also when watches came in? No, watches didn't happen until twenty fifteen because I sold. I Wait, had, what? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm really. What? I know. I'm like a new. Like, I know you. I like. I know you for mostly watches. No, I was. I was because I always resisted the idea of. I didn't want to be. I felt like it was such a cliche. Like you like cars, you like watches, you like watches, you like cars. Like right, it was just yeah, this. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to be that guy. Like, here, here's my Porsche. Oh, and I'm wearing a Rolex Daytona. Uh, <laughs> have you seen my chronograph? So, <laughs> so I didn't want to be that guy, but then, of course, I ended up being that guy because I sold... Um, I was going to say, you have a Daytona, at least one. No. Yeah. I had one, and I sold it. Okay. Because I, I, realized, I, I realized this... Well, that's a long, another story. But So in, in 2015, I had a Lancia Fulvia Sport Zagato. Which, uh, for the viewers at home, or listeners a, at... Somewhere, home, somewhere, listeners at home with their pants off. It's a, uh, it's like a mid, it's a nineteen sixty, I think it was a fifty nine. They made very, I think five hundred or very few of these cars. They were really beautiful cars, um, and it was a, it was a, so I bought this car and I realized that that it was beautiful as it was. I was kind of really into Group B cars. I was sort of collecting those at the time, so I sold it uh, to a guy, actually Ben Clymer, who who started Hodinkee. And then I had a, I sort of Ben and I became friends, and through him I got this miserable watch virus thing. Oh, so he was kind of like the friends, like, "Hey, come over, try this stuff." <laughs> and you're like, "I don't know, man. My yeah. parents said don't do that." And <laughs> then right. he was like, "Nah, just try. It's fine." And the next thing, I'm stealing money from right. my yeah, and, and jewelry and selling it, um, working the streets uh, <laughs> as one does. Right, you gotta support that watch habit. Yeah. But it was, uh, but I don't even think, I don't even know why. Like, it's not like he, I don't remember him sort of showing me watches and then me being like, oh, those are cool. It was just sort of the proximity. I guess I sort of fell into his orbit and I started looking at them and then thinking, oh, this is kind of interesting. And then I, and then I, the frenzy began. Okay. So at least we can pinpoint 
who put you on to this? Yeah, I, yeah for legal reasons. For the-, I've, I've, the lawyer has been ad- advised that it's all his fault. Um, but wait, so you sold him a 59? I sold him a 90. Well, <laughs> I'm, well, I, I might ha- he might be on the show at some point. But I sold him this sports Zagato. And then, and what is like, the, but what is the sports Zagato? It's this. It's this. It's a. I think it's aluminium bodied, uh, six cylinder, front engined um, touring car. So the two door. It's a two door. Um, it was really a silver, really beautiful. Um, it was a Lancia. It was a normal Lancia Flaminia, but then rebodied by Zagato. So it had like the double bubble and all this kind of stuff. It was lovely. So Ben bought it. Then I think three or four months later, it promptly like burst into flames. <laughs> as an Italian as, car should. Well, as a car that I would sell should, uh, which is what he said. Oh, okay. So this is where we do the disclaimer, flamed, don't buy from you? Yeah. <laughs> Side effects may include cars bursting into flames. Uh, he claims that there was no, the oil, the oil ran out of the car. I, I don't know. I, I, who knows what happened? Um, and now it's, um, now, you know, it's all restored and beautiful and fantastic. Like, it wasn't like the full toaster oven situation. It was just sort of a mild singeing. Oh, okay. A light fire. Yeah. It was a, yeah. It was a sort of an, an aperitif. Oh, my God. So, okay. So, but, so get us from, take us from the 911 yeah. to the Lancia that you so from, sold that had a great warranty, obviously. <laughs> so there was a long period where I just had the 911. Um, and then I started making some money through all my illicit activities. And then the first car, first car... Which you do not recommend people which, pursue those. Yeah, which I do not recommend. So the first car, the real car that I bought, it was funny because then I started making some money. I was like, oh, shit, I can, I have money to, enough money to buy cars. And it, I remember so clearly like being sort of surprised by that realization. Like, I have this money and I can do things with it now. Like it just, right. It, like you're like, what do I do? Oh, my God. I could purchase I could, yeah, stuff. I could, this, this money can be purchased in exchange for objects. I can participate in capitalism. <laughs> That's right. So I bought um, – and this is – I bought a 1971 uh, Ferrari 246 Dino GT in dark blue with a black interior. Which the Dino – which I didn't even – so full disclosure, I didn't even know that was a Dino – I just would see, like, oh, the weird, ugly, wedgy. No, it's not the wedge. It's, it's not? the super curvy one, the really beautiful one. Oh, I'm sorry. I got my years completely mixed yeah, up. The, yeah, yeah, because that's I, what I know is a Dino. Like, no, to the, me, that's the Dino Dino. The, the, the 246 was a Dino, and then the 308 GT4 was also a Dino. I also had one of those, but later. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> so the two, I so bought this 246 Dino. I remember, uh, oh, no, sorry. In between, I had, um, I had an Aston Martin DB9, for, of, which I then had trade. then I, but, which the missus kind of semi-bought for me for my 40th, I think. Wait, what? <laughs> your, well, your wife bought you an Aston Martin well, DB9 okay. in we, the 90s? This nine? is, no, no, this is, this is 2000s. This is, this is like mid-2000s. Okay, so like... Uh, so when they were is... not new, when they, when, they were, when they were old, like mid to late 2000s. So this would be, what, this is, was this one of the Bond films with uh, Pierce Brosnan, maybe? <sighs> well, okay, just to make things clear, we kind of split the cost. She says, I'll put some money in. And then, because she was her job, she was. Were you yeah. married? Yeah, I was married. Okay. I'm not, I'm, yeah, I was married. Isn't it all the same I pot? I was married. Isn't it all the same pot? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, I forgot that. So I had a DB9 briefly, and which was kind of great, but then it was too big. So I, then I traded it for a, uh, a Vantage, an 07 Vantage mm. uh, in meteorite gray. That's a good looking car. Oh, that car is the best bargain 
on the market right now. It really, honestly, that and is. They're, they're like thirty grand. They're really well, granted here. They, they're really beautiful. Yeah, they drive really nice. Yeah, the electronics. No, I didn't have any problems. I had no problems with the car. None. None. I had no problems with that car. Um, and you might be I, you might be the only man in America. And do you want to know what I did with that? That was this is the best deal in in the history of cars. I partially traded that car for a Lancia Stratos. <laughs> Genius. That's, that's <laughs> actually that. It is, was the it was the best because I, I went down and, and what I went I'm going down to rabbit hole. I went down to see the Stratos. It was in Florida at a dealer, and we it had been. I drove it. It drove like a hundred yards, vomited all the fluids. We had to push it into a gas station, and, and I said to the guy, "I'll take it. <laughs> I like the way this is vomited fluids. It's, I love the way this doesn't work. I'll take it." But then I traded the the, the Vantage for it. Um, and that kind of got me down the wormhole of Group B cars. Now we've gone off on a side road. I can't even remember what the question was. Well, no, because I mean, I'm trying to get everyone at home or in their car or hiding out in the bathroom at work, uh, which is where I would listen to this. Uh, suitable for, location. It's a very suitable location. Yeah. You know, just kind of get everybody up to speed on your history. Of cars. Of cars, because I think you've uh, – I feel like you've had some very interesting stuff, especially now that we're kind of transitioning into the – Group B period. Well, I can. Well, well, before the group period. Okay, so I, I can give you a, a vaguely chronological. Before the group B period, I was very interested in sixty stuff. So I had um, the two forty six Dino. Um, then I bought an Iso Grifo. Do you know what that is? I do not know what it, I should. It's hold a, on, wait, hold on. I'm going to do the thing where like every other podcast in America does. I'll Google it. It's a Giugiaro design. Really? Oh, Iso Grifo for sale. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. So I bought a, an Iso Grifo. It's a Giugiaro design with a Corvette engine. So I had that car. I took that car on Copper State, which is a, like a, one of those rallies, like a 3,000-mile rally through the desert. It's really a, a kind of a big, boaty car. And so I realized, you know what? I don't like big, boaty cars. I like kind of nimble, darty cars. So I had that. I sold it. I had a Renault Alpine A110. I had a Lancia Ooh. Fulvia. Fanalone, the rally version, um, and then I and then and then I sort of fell down. And then I went down to Florida, same dealer before the Stratos. He, I had gone down to look at a, at a De Tomaso Mangusta, four headlight silver car, okay, eighty grand. Um, Oof. And I got in it, and and it was like driving a postal service truck. I mean, my head was touching the windscreen. I, I literally must have driven it for five minutes and thought. Holy shit! How can anyone fucking? How can anyone think this is any? It was the worst. It, I, I'd rather get like a pedal car. So he had in the showroom. He had two M1s, a black one and a blue one. And I'd never been very interested in them, but I thought, well, you know what? I'm here. I should just have a go. It just seemed, it right. seemed foolish to know. I mean, why it. would you? If someone offered you the chance to drive a BMW M1. But I had I knew nothing about them. I had no interest. So I, but I thought, yeah, like I was like, okay, you know, why not? So I got in the M1, I drove it, and, I, and, and my balls exploded. <laughs> <laughs> all over the interior? Yeah, all over the interior. So it had a white interior. Yeah, I, had to pay for a, I had to pay for a custom cleaning, forensic level cleaning. But it was the most, it was, it was such a, it just blew me away how amazing this car was. And I got out of the car, I tried to buy it, couldn't buy that one, so I bought a different one. But I thought, you know what, I'm not interested in 60s anymore. I'm just no interest in that. Uh, so I sold all the 60s. So and wait, sem- so the Mangusta... Turned you off of 60s cars? No, the BMW M1 turned me on to 80s Okay. It was kind of like, it was this weird, I was like, you know, I just thought, what an amazing experience this is. Why am I fucking around in the 60s? Although I'm sure there's amazing 60s stuff. So I sold, I had a 308 GT4. I sold that. I sold the Dino. I sold all that stuff. And I started buying 80s stuff. So I bought the M1. I bought, um, God, I bought uh, 
a Stratos, uh, a Lancia 037, a, Lan oh, a Lancia God. Delta S4, a Mercedes Evo 2, uh, a Porsche 924 Carrera GTS Club Sport. This uh, is, this, by the way, this is you rattling off like, you're like, yeah, so, you know, I ran the Playboy Mansion back in the day and uh, I dated her yeah, and I dated yeah, her exactly. and, oh, we had a we had a nice trip yeah. to Cabo, her and I, and then. I know, man, it was, because they weren't, I mean, look, they were, they were, they cost money, they didn't cost the money they cost now, because people weren't really that, weren't really paying attention to it. And I was, I, I remember thinking to myself, holy shit, these are, these are, you know, an 037, they made 200 of these cars, and yet it's, it's. A third or uh, you know eighth of the price of some Ferrari, of which they made a shitload. Right. And and also the thing about Group B for me was, it was romantic, like mm -hmm. it was this amazing proximity to motorsport. I mean, I've always been a totally shit driver, but I could drive something that was vaguely similar to what people rallied in. And to me, that was an incredibly romantic idea. I loved that. So I got really into homologation. So that's why the Evo Two, the Porsche, all this stuff. Uh, Have you ever spectated like a rally in Europe? No, but I remember watching them as a kid on TV. So there was that kind of seed that was in my if head somewhat. I have a background with a lot of rally experience. Yeah. I would actually recommend uh, you take a trip to Rally Legends in San Marino. Oh, I've heard about that. Because they run things like 037s and right. Stratos. And right, like, right, right. You know, but you know what? I know if I went there, I'd be just sad. I'd be sad, like, oh, shit, I wish I owned those cars again. Probably, yeah, it's like seeing, like, an ex who's, like, looking real good. Yeah, I know, like, exactly. <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, fuck, I, sh I shouldn't have messed that up. Totally, it's exactly like that. Like, when you, want, when you want to see an ex, you want your ex to be super obese with terrible acne. Yeah, totally, yeah, like, miserable. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, she went after me, it all went downhill. But instead, you know, she's much more beautiful, right. and she's and married actually, someone who's way more you're successful. You're the one who's, like, downhill, oh, man. <laughs> I'm yeah. The, yeah, I'm yeah. the miserable bastard. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so... You got turned on by the M1, and yeah. this was like 2010-ish? I think, yeah, 20, yeah, 2010, okay. 2011. So then I started buying all the Group B stuff, all the homologation stuff, because I like the idea that these cars have been designed specifically for a purpose. They weren't right. designed for posing. They were for a function. And that was like the Stratos has these big dual pockets you can put the helmets in. Right. Uh, the 037, the dash, it was neoprene. Of course, Yeah, of course. <laughs> As, by the way, on the Stratos. Yeah. The mechanism for the windows, oh. which is like the little like turn. It's like it's a little dial. It's a little plastic knob that you turn that just clamps the window open or closed. Right, insanity. And, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's the like it's the flimsiest, flammiest like. Yeah, but the whole Stratos is made. It's like driving around in the in a, like a in like a chip bag. So I dr and I got the Stratos. The Stratos I got, and and then so I took that on on the. Copper State rally. So we drove that 3,000 miles across the desert. And, and everyone was like, oh, my God, you're, you, you guys are crazy. Uh, but it was really fun. It was, a, it was super reliable. Um, I mean, at one point, I had all the Dino engine cars. I had the Stratos. I had the 246 Dino. I had the Fiat Dino Spider, which had a Dino engine in it. Oh, wow. Um, and then I had a 308 GT4 Dino, which did not have the Dino engine in it. But I had all these. <laughs> I wonder how many people can claim that they had all the Dino engine cars. I know. It was like a weird. That's a really like, weird flex. I, I just. Well, <laughs> And let me tell you, it opens a lot of doors. I obviously. I mean, <laughs> the Peters Museum. Look, well, at you look, now. look where I am now. <laughs> That's right. In a small, st in a windowless studio in New York City. Um, so yeah, then I had all the um, Group Isa homologation stuff. I mean, I will say the Mercedes Evo Two looked amazing, but was such a disappointment to drive. Like it was just. Because it, it's crazy looking. Like it has this it's, massive yeah, wing. No, it's, and, and, it's the one that like most. It's funny because I think the Group B stuff. A lot of people like look at it and like, oh, that's cool, but right. like they don't really like, they don't put it on the wall. You know, right. I, me personally, Delta S four, like 
I'm going to literally stab everyone in this like building. I mean, it's funny because when I bought the Delta S4, um, I had it was for sale in Japan, and I remember a friend of mine had looked at it a year ago, and then it, someone had said, "Oh, there's something wrong with it," and he'd he'd bailed on it. But then I was looking on it, looking at it, and it was it was well, it's cheap-ish. Um, and then I and I had I had I had like a connection to a connection to a connection who looked at it in Japan said there's nothing wrong with the car the dealer who's selling it is super reliable the dealer kind of service it and then they sent it over and I fitted it with a Group B exhaust and it was that car was a, it was like driving around in Satan's anus. It, <laughs> Wait, why? Because it was just so like furious. It was the, the Group B every car I ever get. The, 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 I try and keep them stopped, but I always try and put like an exhaust on it because that to me yeah, like little, little, pepper it up a little bit. Well, because that's like half the fun is just how it sounds, you know. So it just sounded amazing. It sounded like it was like being inside a chainsaw. It was so, and it had the nicest interior of any car I've ever owned. It was exquisite. Like an, it was a sort of orgy of Alcantara. Right, because they, they really went above and beyond on the interior. Yeah. Although I would say, this, I saw Stratos two weeks ago for a photo shoot. Yeah. And the interior, that was also like really, it was like beautiful, like blue velour. Yeah, no, like. it is. It's cool. But like this, the design of the seats on the Delta S4, like the headrest and, right. and the way everything's sort of, Ribbed for your pleasure, uh, the ceiling, the the door cut, everything's ribbed. Uh, it, it's just it was it was and it was another. It's one of those cars. Like the thing that was cool about all the all the eighties stuff is it's sort of in it's well. There's a French phrase called joli laid, which means ugly beautiful. And a okay. lot of the, a lot of the uh, 80s stuff is kind of ugly beautiful, like the Delta S4. I mean, that's how is, I'm described. So <laughs> you know, with an emphasis on beautiful, of course. Oh, right? of course, yeah. of course. <laughs> but the, the S4 was designed by an architect. It was the only car, and it's almost like he just got a ruler out and, and, and you know refused to do anything with a curb. But it's it is ugly beautiful. Yeah. It is. It's if you're into that kind of like functional like beauty. Yeah. It's kind of the best. Yeah, it's amazing. But then a year or two ago. I started just I, – I just – one of the things about me, and it's sort of part of the disorder being a contrarian, is the moment I see things around a lot, then I start thinking, oh, I want to – I don't want to have this thing anymore. It's like – Oh, because you – okay, so you're the guy that's like, I knew about that band yeah, five years I, ago. I saw you two in a pub. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I'm that dick who's all, yeah, yeah, that's great, but I saw the yeah, – exactly. Yeah, yeah, I'm not into that anymore, but it's cool if you are. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So the moment I so Group B became this, and it's not that I love it less, but it, there's something about that I always want to just find like a new, obscure, weird thing to, to or unloved thing. So I I sold all my Group B stuff, and I thought, and then I was kind of went through this this sort of depression. Like I was like, oh, uh, who am I anymore without these Group B cars? So I'm no one. So so what did you sell off? I sold the 037, the Delta S4. Oh, I had a Peugeot T16. I sold that. Um, I sold the, the Stratos uh, earlier on. That was really depressing to sell that. Wait, why'd you sell it, though? I don't know. I can't remember why. You just woke up one oh, day. Oh, you know why? Because I had the S4 and I had the 037. I was like, okay, I don't, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't have unlimited funds. So you have to sort of balance. Like, I have a small space and, and a small pot of money, which is sort of, you know, you sort of churn and you buy something, you have to replace it with something else, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, I sold the Stratos to a guy who was a dealer, and then he put it up for auction. And then for the next like three months, people were like, "Hey, is this your car coming up at Bonhams? Hey, is this your car coming up?" <laughs> That's just was, annoying. And I was That's so, just annoying. And I was That's... so fucking depressed about it. And then when the car went up for auction, it sold for exactly what he paid me for. 
Oh, and wow. I was so happy because I was like, oh, my God, you sold it so cheap. You sold it so... And I was so ecstatic because I was thinking, oh, I'm going to feel like such a buffoon. Right. He's sell for, he gets know, like double. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that made me, you know, marginally less depressed. Um, so I sold all the Group B stuff. Uh, and then all I had was the Lancia Delta Integrale and then the M1. That was the, and I walk into my garage and it was like this big echoey chamber of depression in there. <laughs> I, so I wouldn't go in there very often because I was so sad about it all. And I was like, that's it, I'm done with cars. And then gradually uh, the virus kind of seized me again. I mean, it wasn't that I was done. I was just kind of, I guess the thing was that I, I have been so lucky to experience all these like dream cars of my youth. Right. And, and I was trying to figure out what's interesting to me now and what's affordable to me now because everything is so... Right, prices of, go up. Yeah, everything's gone up, and and some of the things that I've always loved would you know I just I just couldn't buy them. So, so then I bought <laughs> over the last year and a half. Then I started buying things again. So I bought the um, Ford Escort RS Cosworth, great car. Uh, then I bought um, the Maserati Shamal, which I love. Interesting choice, you know. But that's the thing. Like that to me is a perfect example of a bastardo choice. Like here's a car that's been obscured by mythology. The, of, of like bullshit of the Maserati in the 80s by turbo it's rubbish all this kind of stuff I think most people would not take a chance on an 80s Maserati that's right but this is it's a totally different car it's a twin turbo V8 with a Gandini design of which they made 379 and I can honestly say it is one of the most delightful cars I've ever driven which ever. is ever which is totally shocking it's not a super pointy car but it's so fast and so smooth and so comfortable it's a gt i never really owned a gt other than the lancia flaminia but it's just like it's just a joy like you get in it and it sounds amazing it looks super cool i mean the flare the box flares on that yeah i mean and i if mean you, you think- are you are officially otherwise known as the baron of box flares <laughs> that's right and if you think it looks crazy in pictures when you see it in person you're like holy shit like you know gandini was drinking some mushroom but tea was there was there like a normal like narrow body version of it ever there was well there was a there was a there were a bunch of there was, there was a maserati there was a ghibli and a, there were a bunch of like kind of narrow thinner bodied versions of that car that were that were sixes v6 right but this is the only one that was that which which was all like the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right, you get body the big package. motor, you get the yeah. big beefy fenders. But it was also like a six-speed Getrag box, adjustable suspension, electronic suspension. Like it had all this cool stuff that actually works. Worked With, or still works? No, still works. Still, still works. works. Yeah, still works. <laughs> yeah. I, Although I was driving back from the mechanic, and I put on the heating, and then at some point I was like, "Wow, that's weird." The windscreen is kind of foggy and then i look down i see all the smoke pluming in from the vents oh wow so they because well, the, the the one thing for those cars that's notorious the engines are solid all the stuff's solid but the one thing that's totally shit is the climate control stuff so the heater core was like sent had gone kaput so that's you know you always have to deal with that um but i feel like all 80s italian cars have like dodgy electronics i mean at a minimum yeah if you're lucky if you're lucky so then i got the shamal then i bought um the XJ220. Okay, Jaguar. so you're one of the people that bought a Jag XJ220. <laughs> yeah, because funnily enough, years ago, I had been deciding between an 037 and a 220, and I went down to Florida to look at a 220, uh, and, I, and, it, and I was just so overwhelmed by I, I mean, I, I think it's one of the most extraordinary designs of the 90s. Like, to me, it's an amazing— Styling-wise. Yeah, styling-wise. It's just an unbelievable-looking thing. But it's big. It's right. a very it's a big, long, yeah, it's a wide big, car. Yeah, it's a long, wide car. And I was, I, and, I, and then, so I wanted to buy, the, buy it, but then I thought, 
how do I get parts for it? And I called up this guy, Don Law in England. Don was like, send me the car. And I thought, I can't buy a car that I have to send somewhere to get it fixed right. in another country. You're not a chic. Yeah. You can't just fly <laughs> yeah. your car around the yeah. world for servicing. So I got the 037, which was a good point, a good you know, choice at the time. But then I kept coming back to the 220. So I bought the 220. I found one in blue. Um, is that your preferred color choice? Yeah. Because there was also there was like a green. There was a green, there a burgundy. A, the burgundy's kind of nice. And then a silver. Well, I think they mostly all had like that gray Ford Escort colored interior. Well, they, well, you know what? People always go, ah, it's got a Ford interior. But I, I challenge you to name any car, any supercar from the 90s has a good interior. None of them do. None of them. EB110 is totally shit. It's all leather. Yeah, it's well, quilted, it's all, yeah, quilted it's, leather no, format. Yeah, but it's all leather in the bloody 220. It's actually very comfortable and it's very nice, but it's got Ford switch gear. But like the M1, all like BMW parts bin parts. Right. You know, like, or even like they're just, the thing is that people get snobby about it because it's Ford. Like if it was I mean, if it was parts bin bits from say Alpha, no one would care. Right. Bit, ooh, elegant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, it's well, so. But the, for the last ten months, the car's been in restoration, and the whole time I have been, because all the two twenties basically. Here's another car that's surrounded by the shroud of mythology. Like, oh, it should have been a V twelve. Well, but for you though, where does that motor come from? Well, it's a Group C race car derived engine right exactly so, so it's still back to rally yeah exactly like it's, it's a real race car engine i mean it's an incredible engine um and the other thing is that the they they the, the 12 cylinder made the car way too heavy mm. and they couldn't get the whole idea of that car was to be above 200 miles an hour and they couldn't get that get there with a with a 12 cylinder engine so there are reasons for that but you know, anyway, so it's a, here's a car obscured by mythology, and most of them have never run because they just sit in people's garages for decades. Mm -hmm. uh, so same with mine, sat somewhere for decades. So you have to go through the whole thing. So for the last 10 months, I have been just gradually increasing the terror level of my experience with this car. Like, it's going to be too big. I'm going to hate driving it. I'm going to, like, if there's anything else on the road at all, it's going to, I'm going to run it off the road because the car's, like, twice the size of two Hummers. But it's also very low. It's very low, too. So all these things, so I just, I had just convinced myself to be utterly terrified of it. You know, I'm going to have to bring three pairs of trousers when I drive all of it. Right, all the cleaning equipment. Yeah. <laughs> that all I my detailing bring. kit for the interior. Yeah. So, so finally the car's ready. I go up there. And I am legitimately shitting myself. I mean, I'm really nervous that, especially when you spend that much money, that you don't want to spend that much money in a car and then think, oh, well, I guess I have to sell it now because I hate driving because I, I want to drive everything I own. So I get in it. Um, and within, and I'm just driving around town with the guy, the mechanic, just as he's sort of giving me some pointers. And I swear within like 10 minutes, I'm thinking, hang on, this is so easy. Ooh, I like that early overconfidence. Yeah, but... That but, usually ends well. <laughs> yeah, I could... You know, I'll get the turbos going on a corner. It should be fine. <laughs> so, Listen, just keep your foot in it. Yeah. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. But it was amazing, though, because it was like once you're in it, first of all, it's super comfortable. It's, it's, it's... Well, there's two things. It's a massive car, and then when you get in it, you think, where did all the space go? <laughs> Hang on right. a minute. I'm like in a medieval cell here. But it's really comfortable. The shifter is really nice. The driving position is really nice. Visibility is pretty good. The sun visor is laughably small. Yeah, the sun visor is useless, but also because of the rake of the of the of the, of the windscreen, you get a lot of glare, mm -hmm. which also is good because then you don't see what's in front of you. So you can't be less, scared. Yeah, you can't be yeah. scared. If you can't see it, you can't be scared of it. <laughs> That's right. But it was amazing. Like once you're in it, um, you don't feel the size of the car at all, 
and it doesn't and it's not like it just I was re- I was totally shocked and and so fucking happy about it right because it just I just and and it's and weirdly enough it's kind of like and this may be sacrilegious it's kind of like driving the Cosworth oh a Ford yeah <laughs> well, interesting in the, in the sense that it's very old it's it's this kind of you know, it's the velvet fist. Like it looks beautiful, and it's not low. It's not too low. Like you can go over speed bumps, all of it. Like mm-hmm. I was, t- all of the things I was afraid of, I was wrong about, which was amazing. But, but it's it's like the Cosworth in the sense that it's kind of binary. When the turbo kicks in, it's just like Thor's hammer squashing your. Yeah, balls. there's no subtlety to it at all. No, but and it's you, it's so fast. You, you, your brain can't quite come to grips with like this new reconfiguration of space and time what tires are on the jag new tires well new ish tires yeah because when i test drove i test drove it in a in in january on 20 year old tires it was like 18 degrees weather so this is where we do the intervention and we talk about your death wish (laughs) i was very sad when i test drove it um and we actually, and then, and I was with this guy Tom Hale, who sold me the car, who's really fantastic, and and we were driving it, and and I said, look, there's a Burger King, we should do the drive-through, and so we did in the two twenty. But wait, what'd you order? We ordered some fries because there's no space, so you didn't even get like a Whopper. No, we just ordered some fries, just like one thing of fries yeah, for like the cup you, holder. That's, that's all you can fit. Is there a cup holder? No, there's no cup holder, and and the trunk's amazing. Like you open up the trunk, and basically you can put like three photocopies in there. In the back. Yeah. You could put a sandwich, like a ham what about, sandwich. Is that, but there's also a frunk. No, that's all full of stuff. Like just things, cooling, like car stuff. Yeah, car like stuff. fan <laughs> stuff. Car I don't know. Stuff. Yeah, car bits. It's got car bits in the front. So that was the great joy, and I, and I just couldn't get enough of driving it. I'm, I've been driving it as much as I can because it's, it's so – like it's so nice to be surprised by something you're utterly terrified by. Right. And I was totally wrong about it. It's nice to meet your heroes and then have them not be complete dicks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean I, – I, I mean, yeah, and and it's it's just also the thing is I guess that the thing for me now is I'm thinking what are things I never really owned other than the sixty stuff. I went through this long period of owning like stuff that was kind of ugly, beautiful, and I've never owned something like that, like a the sort of that's in- incredible to look at. Right. Just the the you know peerlessly elegant. Yeah, there's just yeah. this kind of beautiful spaceship. Um so then I got that. Then I got um uh Mitsubishi Pajero Evolution. Finally, the <laughs> smartest thing I've heard you say <laughs> all day. This is the, like all day. Yeah. The smartest thing uh, I've heard yeah, you say. Yeah. So that thing to me, for those of you who don't know, so it, it's uh, it's basically the Lancia Delta of the desert. Yes. So it's the most successful uh, Paris Dakar rally car ever fielded, um, and it's over here. We called it uh, Montero. Yes, because Pajero Pajero means wanker in Spanish. Right. Be- FYI, F-Y- WNKR <laughs> is available as a license plate. <laughs> so, so that may be happening. So I, I got one of those, and the, I think that's the bargain of the century, those cars. They're super cool. Um, I mean, there's so much technology in them, and, and it's kind of just this crazy-looking car, all super flared out with these weird, like, bat wings. It looks like a Gundam toy, sort of. Yeah, it does. It's yeah. Like, yeah, it is. It's exactly that. It's like a, I'm actually very mad you got one of these because you're going to drive up the price on them, <laughs> and I'm going to be sitting there looking for one. And be like, oh man, well, get one right now, man. I don't have any space. You know what? You're not really a car person. Wow. I, you heard me. Wow. Okay. You want to go, bro? Not, Let's not, go, bro. Not, not, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can always I you, 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 no, you, I could, like you call up your mom and go, listen, can I just park this, you know? Right, you mind if I leave this in your driveway? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, you see? Yeah, totally. Or you don't even tell her. <laughs> she just wakes up like, that's weird. Why what? is there an old Japanese two-door <laughs> SUV in my driveway? Exactly. What are all these stupid yeah, stickers? I'm blocked in. Right. <laughs> Live with it, mom. Blame it on my sister. Yeah. Uh, so the Pajero's so, here stateside Pajero, now. So I drove it back from the port. Uh, it's, they're all right-hand drives, so I was like, you know, busy trying to like change the gear by winding down the window the entire time. But you grew up in the UK. Yeah, but I didn't really drive that much there. I left when I was 18. I didn't really have um, all my driving has really happened here and in Europe. That's so, tough. so it's tough. That's I, tough. I feel I, I the really, world's smallest violin. I, know, I can hear it. Yeah, I'm trying to rub it near the, the microphone. The micro but. violin. So, um, so that happened, and then finally. Uh, the last piece of this kind of crazy, like, Group B cash spending spree has <laughs> now emptied out my bank account. The De Tomaso Guara. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so, okay. So, it's a De Tomaso. Yeah. Which, obscure as it is, yeah. I think people know it best for the Pantera. And the Mangusta. And the Mangusta, the Mang- which you hated. You thought it was, like, the worst car ever. But a beautiful design. Like, that, was a, that was an amazing piece of design. So, so De Tomaso, actually, I guess that... Um, I own two De Tomaso cars because the Shamal was the last car he produced when he owned Maserati. Interesting. And it was the last car of the 80s. And then I guess, you know, I guess it must have... Your Shamal's in 89, right? Yeah, uh, 90. But it was, it, was, it was released December like 16th, 89. So it was the last car to be released in the 80s. Got but it. mine's like a 91. So I guess he went from Maserati to starting his own car company again. So the Guara is really interesting. It's... It's like a, if you ever, you know, Ital design, the Aztec, like those kind of concept cars from mm-hmm. the 80s. It's kind of like a concept car from the 80s, but it's really, and when I saw it in pictures, I was like, oh, I'm not sure. And then I saw it in person and I thought, shit, this is amazingly cool. So, okay. So I don't think a lot of people know about the Guara. No one knows about it. Like, I don't think they're like the what? Yeah. Like Guarana? So, like the okay. thing in energy drinks? So he built, he made about 50 of them, coupes, uh, barquettas, um, and what's interesting is the so carbon Kevlar. Wait, 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 hold on. Barquetta is is a full like open top, not a convertible. Not a convertible. No, just like like okay. a like a yeah a convertible without the. It's a fancy way in Italian of saying yeah, yeah. I'm saving money by not putting a roof on it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it will never rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so um, so they made about fifty, and what and but the thing is, normally the Tommaso cars are kind of poorly made. Like they often, no. I know it's a shocking. It's, I know. Small volume manufacturer <laughs> with bad build quality, I mean, yeah, especially it, with Italian roots. I mean, it's amazing because, but he's following. He's, so he's following his usual thing of amazing design, but then and then an, an, an interesting motor. But this car is incredibly designed because you know, like the. So it's a, it's a, it was some. I think Williams or some people from Williams designed the chassis. So it's got in inboard. Double wishbone suspension. Ridiculously fancy. Ridiculously fancy. Carbon Kevlar body. And then they made 18 that had a BMW uh, V8 and then a Getrag gearbox. Wait, is the bodywork carbon Kevlar or is it like the actual tub? The bodywork. Okay, so like the panels and whatnot. Yeah. Interesting. So, and, it, and, they, and it hinges op- they hinge open like Group B cars used to hinge open. So, I th- so it's, like a, it's got this kind of race car chassis and drivetrain and then BMW drivetrain. So it should be. So it should. should work. I mean, here they, it might. It's going to run fast, but the turn signals won't work. 
things. Yeah, and it, but it, it looks, it's just this amazing, when you look at it, like you, in pictures, oh, it seems, but then you see in person, first of all, it's really wide. So I've looked at photos of this thing. Yeah. And like I was trying to figure out what it reminded me of. And the way the rear glass kind of hits. Right. Dodge Stealth. <laughs> Get out. It's not a bad thing. Get out. Oh, no, I would, you see, what I would go for is Carrera GT. Okay, a little bit of that too. Because Carrera yes. GT and, weirdly enough, the, the Ferrari 250LM, they have that weird kind of chopped rear greenhouse and then that sort of flat deck. I like that you went way more upscale. Yeah, because I would prefer and not... I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to not go the Dodge right, you're stuff. Try, yeah, you're trying to bring the <laughs> values up. You know what reminds, like, me, oh. you know what reminds me of? The Dodge Neon. Right. The Plymouth, Plymouth Prowler. Similar. Oh, that's... A, oh. You know what, actually? There was, a, there was this kind of mushroom tea moment for Chrysler. When, or Plymouth, when they were doing all those... Cr- Remember that in the 90s? Yeah. They did, I mean, the Prowler, when you look at it, it's like a crazy production car. The fact that it actually made it to production yeah. is kind of nuts. It's bargain. When I see one every now and then, I'm like, holy shit, someone like, really decided to make that. That's how I feel about Pajero Evolution. Like, I feel like those fins, those weird Batman fins on the back... Like, did, like what's the function of those? Yeah, did like, is think- there a race... Function for yeah, that? or did some like crazy Mitsubishi executive go? Yeah, let's do this. It's gonna be it's gonna be cool because it's weird looking and it's, it's amazing looking. I love them. Yeah, I, that's probably my favorite thing you have in your collection. What? I know. Not I, even the Guara. Here's the thing: I have to see it. I have to see that in person. I've never seen one in real life. I, I, I mean, that's the thing. When you see have you it, driven it yet? Well, let me just footnote back to the Lancia Strata. So we take it out. It's in the city. So we take it out on Hudson Street in rush here hour in New traffic. York. Yeah, here in New York. We take it out in rush hour traffic, which is always the best place. That's the best time to test drive a car. It is. A low production exotic Yeah, car. no, that is actually, yeah. I prefer that. So we, I start driving it, and it starts bucking and, like, stalling, and I'm like, and I'm thinking, okay, this is a bit weird. Because you don't know how to drive stick? Yeah, I've, I've, uh, yeah, I've never driven <laughs> stick before. Well, but why is it, like, why is it doing I that? I don't know. It's just so, I, so Tom's in the car, so I say to Tom, okay, maybe you should drive it. So he starts, I, I say, we I think the clutch is going because there's this terrible burning smell. And as like the used car sales guy, he's like, no, 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 no. Tom's not like that. He, he's, he thinks, yeah, yeah, something terrible is happening. So we, so we make it, we like squeeze back home to back to the, the, the garage. We get in there. There's all this smoke kind of pouring out from like the left rear fender. <laughs> and I say to him, I'll take it because that's my special move. Right, because you're, you're going to get a deal yeah. if you offer to take it while it's smoking. Yeah, 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 that's right. So as it turns out, like the rear, the brake, uh, the the handbrake uses the rear like brake caliper. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a separate what's So that had been frozen. S- oh, so it wasn't a big deal. But so they fixed it. It's fine. Um, so um, yes, that car. Although it's red, um, it's actually the factory car. So it has five hundred miles on it. Oh, it's like the it's like the demo show car y- yeah, kind of thing. Which I hate. I hate low mileage cars they're just miserable well I you gotta know. fix that yeah you have to go through everything every single thing no I mean you gotta put more miles on it well for sure but you also have to fix everything because every little bit of rubber has to be looked at all right. the bushes whatever it is I don't know what the bushes are George Bush is who's in there he has to be fixed uh, oh, the Bush family the, the whole Bush family Lauren Bush she's in there that guy who made the sex joke with Trump he's in there <laughs> you gotta fix him <laughs> so um, so it's red and I really hate red cars I try not to buy red cars unless like with the 037 they are, so I'm just showering you with COVID spit. Um, oh, it's fine. Yeah, you were hoping. I was hoping. You were yeah, hoping to get Omnicrom. Yeah, thanks. This podcast now with Omnicrom. This po- yeah, sponsored by. <laughs> right. Omnicrom. <laughs> so, um, so I'm going to change the color. Okay, so you bought a one of roughly 50 
one of 51 of 18 with the because they had 18 with the BMW engine, and then they went to a Ford at crate engine. Okay, so but you got the BMW. Yeah, got the BMW. So one of 18, which is one of 50. Yeah, and less than a thousand miles. <laughs> yeah, what could go wrong? What could so okay? So from a collectability standpoint, relatively rare if people super knew rare. What it was. Yeah, if people had any idea what it was. It's very right. rare, and and it's definitely like. But to me, that's the I guess. The 220 and the Guara are both sort of scratch this itch. The 220s, it, I've always loved um, all those incredible sort of concept cars of the 70s and 80s. They just, I wish, like, you know how people do all these, I wish someone would, like, do recreate the Citroën Karen or the Alfa Romeo, uh, was it the Boomerang or, or you know, all these amazing uh, Caribou, these incredible, like, con- I, I've always lusted after one of those. So that... That, to me, is the, the Guara is the closest I can get to sort of buying a functional driving concept car. So are either of these two acquisitions forever cars? <laughs> Do you even have a forever? I mean, the M1. The, well, the M1 has been a forever car so far. Um, it's hard to say because I really feel like, for me, the whole collecting thing has really been about experiences. Mm-hmm. Right? So I had the, uh, and I, and I – and if you can – it's not a question of money. It's just a question of curiosity. Like you should, I, I feel, for me, that I've always tried to try and experience as many different things from an automotive point as I can. So there was the sort of 60s stuff that was all kind of beautiful. Then there was the Group B homologation stuff, which was amazing to drive and, and, and sort of from a historical perspective, amazing. And now there's this kind of, um, I guess there's this aesthetic thing. Like the 220 is amazing to drive also, uh, but it's aesthetically like I've never owned anything like it. And it's the same for the Guara. I've never owned anything so sort of outlandish looking and interesting looking to me. Right. They're so very I, over the top in terms of design. Yeah. And I, and I like that. I've never owned things like that, really. They've always, I mean, they're just, yeah, they're just, it's, it's great to experience that. And I've never owned, like I've never owned an SUV-ish vehicle. So that's why the okay, Pajero, Pajero, yeah, Pajero yeah. makes sense to me. And also I like the fact that, I mean, to me, the Paris-Dakar thing is amazing history. Right. That's a good connection. Yeah. For, okay. Yeah. And it's cool when you get in it. Like it's all it's it's all Recaro seats, and then all the uh, vents and stuff have faux carbon fiber print on them. Delightful. <laughs> yeah, delightful indeed. That's, that's mm, yeah, class. <laughs> that's right. But that's factory. I looked it up. I thought this is weird. Like really, like fake carbon. Right, you, like fiber? some kid had it, and like just like put. Like, yeah, fake I thought it was a wrap or something. So some weird wrap, but it's real. It's from the factory. Nice. Okay. So you're gonna the Guara shows up when. The Guara will be well. I also, I butcher the. I don't do accent. Come on, Guara, Guara. See, I can't Gu- say it like that every time. Guara, yeah, Guara. you can. I believe in you, man. Thank you. If only I believed <laughs> in myself. T- you're touched. You're I'm touched. touched. I am physically so touched. So the Guara is going to be a while because that's going to have to be. Um, they'll have to be restored. You know, they'll have to go through it. Then I'm going to change the color. Do you have a color picked out? I think I do. I'm not going to say because I'm not sure yet. You don't want to commit to it on air. No. <laughs> no. I mean, well, I mean, I'm not going to paint it. I'll do uh, Autoflex, which is what I did on the Lancia. Auto- oh, okay. It's like Plasti Dip. It's like a new generation of Plasti Dip, which is amazing. I mean, it's genius. So there's a place in Queens that does it. Are you saying that perhaps they should sponsor this podcast? Oh, you know what? You're right. Oh, we should get on that. I should ask him. Ah, that's a genius idea, actually. (laughs) He's very monosyllabic when I text him, though, so I'm not sure. But he seemed uninterested. I was like, I could talk about you on my Instagram feed. I've got 30,000 followers. And he said, okay. He's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Autoflex is spray on, peel off. Um, 
but it looks exactly like paint. It's amazing. I was going to say, because I did not know that the, the Lancia was actually... Yeah, well, they mix it. So they mix the colors and everything. So it's so, like straight out of like a spray gun. Yeah. Everything's like taped off. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's And it's much cheaper. And it doesn't look like a wrap. It's amazing. Do like, you do the door jams? Uh, you know what I love is when people spell jams, J-A-M-S. Like pump up the jam. Oh, yeah, no. Door pump up the jams. Pump up your door jams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's J-A-B. Wait, J-A-M-B. Yeah, J-A-M-B, rather. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pump up the door. Yeah. <laughs> actually, and if you put an S on it, it could be a Wordle solve. I don't know. I, I don't actually know what Wordle is. I've seen people talk about it in WhatsApp. Oh, man, Wordle is hard. <laughs> It's hard. I'm bad thank, at it. But thank you for that, Keen. It's hard, bro. It's hard, bro. Bro. Life is hard. So so it's, yeah, they can do the door jams, um, but they didn't on the Lancia because I was a cheap bastard, but I would do all the, the whole thing on the Guadra. You'd have to. Yeah. It's, it but I'm really it. excited about it just because it's so, I don't know, like it's just, it's just. How does your wife feel about the Guadra? Oh, she likes it. Does she like shocking. it more than the Jaguar? She likes it. She, I'll tell you this. She will not like being in, driving inside the Jaguar. She hasn't been inside of you. No. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to leave that comment. Okay. I'm just okay. going to leave that alone. Mm-hmm. She has not been inside of it yet. You know why? Because you know what the funny thing about the Jag is? is it's, um, it's just, it's, it's kind of, it's, when you're driving it, it's, it's not hard to drive, but it's brutal. Like the, it's really loud. Um, the right. turbo is super hardcore. Um, you, 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 you don't, you don't wrestle it, but it's just like it's it's really like a race car experience t- to me, much more so in some ways than a lot of the other stuff that I've had, even more so than the Group B stuff. Interesting. Which is weird. It feels much more um, unrefined in the best possible way. I guess you know why? Because it has so much more power. Okay. Like the, all the, the 037 or all that stuff was all like – uh, you would think that would be, you think maybe. That'd be like a grittier, kind of raw experience, though, because it's like a homologation. So it's like they're doing the bare minimum yeah. to pass it. No, but I think the, I think the, re, the difference is the power. Okay. Like if the Jag had three or four hundred horsepower, it would be much. It would be. It would feel much less brutal in the way. But because it has five fifty or whatever it is, um, you feel like okay, this is a serious thing, right? So she's not going to like that. No, no. She will, the car. The only car she really likes is the M1 because it's not super loud and there's a trunk and all the rest of it. Yeah, it's also it's a very sophisticated looking automobile. I mean, I mean, we went to we went for a weekend in the we used to go for weekends in the Dino. She liked that the 246. Uh, <laughs> although it started raining once and the whole car fogged up and I had to like park underneath an overpass to wait for the rain to, so I could see out because I, I was sort of like shining the the polishing the windscreen with a snotty hanky. Ah, yes, the romance of a vintage car. <laughs> That's right, exactly. And then when we went for a weekend once in the Iso Grifo, I turned into a psychopath because she bought some flowers or something and put them on the back seat and she was getting water on the back seat. I was like, what are you doing? The water, the leather's going to destroy itself. And I went all crazy. Uh, so there was that. So, so it's a happy marriage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. She does, she's actually very cool about all the cars and watches. Um, you know, she, she doesn't. Well, she's, so... She's very cool. She doesn't really care. But Okay, so you guys live here in the city. Yeah, we live here in the city. Does she drive? No. Like, does she have a license? Because, like, I know Carla, plenty of well, women Carla's, here that don't have licenses. Carla's skill will, is that she will unerringly drive towards a stationary object. Oh, okay. She told me when she was getting her license, she was in a big open parking lot. And there was, you know, there's this parking lot attendance booth. Mm-hmm. So she drove into that. How? 
I don't know. Like, she just drove into like, it. Like, did anyone teach her, like, hey, if you stare at something, you're going it to... It was, yeah, it was like a target acquisition thing. So she just drove into it. So she's never... And and she doesn't... She just can't be bothered. I mean, she, Uber is good. Raytheon's going to study her <laughs> driving <laughs> That's techniques. Right. That's right. The Pentagon is very interested in her brain. <laughs> right, exactly. That's right. Um, do you have, a, like, a daily kind of, you know, whip for getting around town that yeah, isn't so, brutal? Well, for a long time, it was a, uh, it was a Subaru WRX which Carla hated. I don't blame her. It's a very juvenile. Not yeah, that, no, it was. It's a fun car. No, they're it, very fun cars. I loved it. They're a lot of, like, they're a hoot. Yeah. But for, like, you know. For a younger, a younger gentleman. Well, that was the thing. Like, I'd pull up at lights, and some young kid would pull up next to me. Like, right. And think, hang on, what's this old white-haired, crusty old geezer doing driving it? Right, especially here. It's always, like, somebody in, like, an Altima. Yeah. Trying to, like, just. Yeah, yeah. just revving. Yeah. So, she and I and of course I would treat sort of every stoplight like it was you know Le Mans. Of course, and she'd be, she'd be banging her head on the glass. So we sold that. I traded it for a uh, in '05, I think for um no in '06 I traded for an '05 Subaru Outback. <laughs> Oh. And we had that for 15 years. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> and every time we get in 15 it. 15 years? Yeah, every time we get in it, the wife and child like, would say, oh, it stinks in here. It smells weird. What, why can't it so uncomfortable? And I'd always say, what are you talking about? This is a great car. Um, yeah. yeah. So eventually, so last year, I sold it and I bought, a, I leased an Audi Allroad. Okay, wagon. now that's okay. Second most intelligent thing I've heard you say. <laughs> right on the Pajero. It's a low bar in terms of intelligence. Well, I mean, things. the Pajero is really still number one. Yeah, but. it is. It's practical. So we got that, and, and that's been fun, although it's, I'm plagued with all sorts of electronic. There's always like some electronic warning, like the driver's side, the passenger side airbag not working, the indicator not working, all this shit. That's just, and, and, and then you just turn off the car, turn it on again, it's fine. Right. But I'm kind of disappointed because I thought, okay, this is a new car. I've never owned a new car before in my entire life. Yeah, they've really uh, you missed you missed like the more simplistic new cars, and now you're into the we just jam too much shit into one box. But it's cars. great, like I love all the stuff. It has. Um, Do you have massaging seats? No, but it has uh, ventilator seats, which Ooh. make which which are weird because it makes you feel like you've shit yourself. I was going to say wet yourself, but yeah, it can well, be a, it could be a it could be a loose stool. It could be a could... loose stool. You could have had a spicy vindaloo <laughs> previously to getting in the car. So yeah, there's this unsettling feeling that you've soiled yourself in some way, yeah, but I, it's very comfortable. I love heated seats, ventilated seats. I love that heated steering wheel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's a tip though: you don't want to have you don't want to sit on a heated seat for say half an hour after you've had a spicy vindaloo curry when you're driving to give a, a lecture. I wouldn't have a spicy vindaloo curry before giving a lecture in the first place. <laughs> so I drove. I'd have I, like I, I, I'd have like bread. I drove to the lecture, and then there was this there was this weird like unsettled. You know, there was some activity. I felt like there was activity on the seismo- seismometer. Mm-hmm. Like I could, there was the needle was. Your spidey senses were tickling. Yeah. So I get up there on stage and I say to everyone, "Listen, just so you know, I've had a super spicy vindaloo curry, and I sat on a heated car seat for half an hour, so I may have to leave the stage precipitously." And then, like, 10 or 15 minutes into it, I said, you know what I said earlier? I'll be right back. And I had to go, and I came back, and I got, like, a standing ovation. That's really – It's appreci- a good way to warm up a crowd. It really – it's a good icebreaker. <laughs> it is. It Shit is. your pants I would have been stage. like, guys, listen, I'm expecting an important call during this <laughs> presentation. I apologize. I can't reschedule yeah. it. If it rings, I have to go. Didn't Julian used to do that? Like, he'd always take – No, Don- No, Trump used to, like – no, Giuliano would calls. always take phone calls. I think was it Trump or Giuliano would always take remember. the phone. He would. I think Giuliano would always take phone calls in the middle of a of a speech or something. I mean, you know, 
It's a technique. It's a technique. People are interested. That's right. Oh, he must be important. He's getting a phone call. <laughs> That's right. Look, his phone's ringing. 30 in the afternoon. His phone is yeah, ringing. Who, it's crazy. Who could he be? Um, <laughs> well, so we've gotten through your vehicles and your vehicle history. Yeah. Your vehicle history report. Um, but you didn't get into watches until right. your uh, pusher friend, Ben, <laughs> That's right. uh, got you onto watches, which is probably a worse disease. Well, the thing that's the problem with watches is they're smaller and they're way cheaper. Are so, they though? Well, when they start out, when you start out, <laughs> sure. Like when you first get into yeah, it, yeah. When you first like, get into it, you're like I hey, got the Snoopy swatch. Yeah, exactly. So this is eight hundred bucks. I can buy seven of these, right? Uh, and I can put them in a closet, and the wife won't know that she doesn't care. You hide them in your sock drawer. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I guess with the watches, it's similar. The thing that's interesting, in some ways, more about watches than cars is there are so many more obscure areas to root around it. Right. Well, it's a lot easier to manufacture a whole watch versus a whole right. car. So that. So I, I went through a lot of different sort of brands before ending up where I am now. What was the first watch you got? <clears throat> I mean, you probably had, like, something you wore, like, you know, in the early aughts. But, like, what, like, when you got into, like, what's the, actually, no. The first watch I have, I still have the first watch I The first watch you ever had? Yeah. It was a Timex LCD digital watch. You press the button and on the display, the time comes up. That's pretty cool. And it's about an inch thick. Does it still work? I don't know. I have. I, I guess it needs a new battery. <laughs> oh my God. I've so changed the battery since '76. It doesn't see a lot of use. No. I, you know, I should wear it. That's actually. I should take it and see if it works. That would be amazing. Um, so the first watch then I bought was a Breitling Navitimer from the '50s or '60s that was super polished. If you're not, if you're into watches, basically polishing a watch is the last thing you want it because it t- turns into like a smooth river pebble, mm-hmm. and you don't want you want like an original formed watch. So and I what got, year did you get this? 2015. Okay, so you literally just had the old Timex, then no, <laughs> no watches. No, 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 I had a, you know what, I know, the, the, then the next watch I bought was that I bought an Omega Speedmaster in the mid-90s. New, Great choice. New uh, with my first paycheck uh, at, when I was an art director. Because I was really into space travel, and, and, and I loved this, the fact this is a moon watch, and I didn't see anyone wearing them, and I thought right. it was super cool. So I bought that for like 900 bucks at the 47th Street Jewelry Exchange. Did it feel good? Yeah, it was amazing. I loved right? it. It was so cool. And no one no one knew what it was, which was amazing. Um, There's something about going and buying like a brand new, very nice watch yeah. at the store. Yeah. I've never done it since. But yeah, that, yeah. But like it, you do. It was it's amazing. Worth, it's worth doing at least once. For sure. Yeah, I loved it. And I wore it every day and I loved how it looked and all that stuff. Um, and then I, the other watch I bought in 2015, well, I, I, when I started getting into it, which I still – it's the only watch I so still wait, so have. The, so the Speedmaster took you from – the mid nineties, the nine eleven days, to twenty fifteen. That's right. That's actually just, good. Just one watch. That's, that's actually all, that, that that's was it. And okay, so you had that. You had the time. Then I then I bought um, a Seiko Giugiaro. So Seiko Giugiaro. Well, Giugiaro, the car designer who designed the M one, the DeLorean, all this stuff, the 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 Mangusta. Um, he designed a watch for Seiko that was then used was worn by Ripley in Aliens. Weird. It's super cool looking. It was a chronograph, and it's super spacey looking, and it's amazing. So I, I, I loved it because I loved the idea. It was I love Aliens, Ridley Scott, but more importantly, I love Jujaro. So I bought that watch. That's the only watch I have from 2015 that still remains. So you kept the space theme, though. <laughs> yeah, totally. I've always been a space nut. That's okay. why. That's why I have a spacesuit. We'll, we got. We'll get. To, we'll, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we'll get to the spacesuit in a minute. Right. 
So then, you know, I just sort of went through a whole bunch of different brands. I had sort of a military phase. I had a Breitling phase. Breitling from the 60s and the 50s is amazing. I had a La Mania phase. Um, and then I kind of ended up in this weird... So this is, the, this is Peak Bastardo, Patek Philippe from the 1970s. No one's really interested in that stuff. Um, it's, it's, Which is funny because people are very hot on that brand right now. They are hot on the brand right now, but the brand right now is just is pure snorology. <laughs> it's, See how I did the sandwich? I, I did. I yeah. like that. It's crafty. It's <laughs> linguistic acrobatics. I'm like the Fred Astaire of words, man. You are a cunning linguist. <laughs> That's right. So it is. So, yeah, people love, the, but they're very boring now. They, 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 they're doing nothing of any interest. But in the 70s, they were incredibly audacious, mm -hmm. much more so than, say, Rolex or other people. So they were doing amazing stuff. And, and, and from a design standpoint, I really love what they've done. And also, I think that the thing with Instagram is it kind of, it trains you. Mm -hmm. Right. So it trains you to like things. So when you see every day on your Instagram feed, you see a Rolex Daytona, a Rolex Sub, a Rolex GMT. You like that. And your brain conforms around that design aesthetic. Steel sports Rolex, that shape. So when you see a watch from the 70s, the shape is so alien that your initial reaction and most people's initial reaction is that's weird. Yeah, no, totally. I'm not interested. Yeah. But once you start looking at it further and you allow your brain to kind of configure around a totally different design aesthetic, you begin to see, holy shit, this is very beautiful, the way the integrated bracelet is, the way they've considered the watch as a whole sculptural piece. Um, and, and, you can, and, and, you, and you see it for what it is. And then it's amazing. So one of the watches I saw on your Instagram feed was a Rolex. Yeah. But it was literally drawn with like a straight edge roll. Uh, <laughs> it's the uh, it is the weirdest Rolex I've ever I mean I right. see people like oh my god the dial's all faded or right. you know oh Paul so Newman th that's wore the, this. That's the Rolex Midas. So that was a watch designed by Gerald Genta who's kind of like the Giugiaro of the watch world. Like he designed the the Nautilus all that kind of stuff like all the stuff that you know people love. But it was designed in 60 he designed it in 64 Rolex made about 800 of those watches and they were designed they could only fit like a very small range of wrist size because you couldn't expand, you couldn't add links to the bracelet because they were solid gold. And it was designed to be only worn by like kings and royalty and pop stars. Right. They didn't advertise it really. They just, this was who it was for. So I think Elvis had one. John Wayne had one. Um, who else had one? Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer had one. Oh, well, you know, you're in good company then. <laughs> yeah. You're a very good company. Yeah. Carrot Top had one. Oh, pre-steroids? You know. oh, allegedly, that, allegedly, yeah, allegedly. That's amazing. That's no. That, he's before, amazing. I'm sorry, before, before yeah. he just started working out eating healthy. <laughs> that's right. I, please you're just eating healthy, man. You're I'm just healthy not, eating. I'm not going to be safe in Vegas. A lot of leafy greens. Microgreens. Microgreens. That'll do it for you. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Oh, boy. So, so that, so, and it's a sculptural, you, that's a good example. You look at that thing and it's a sculptural piece. It is. You know, like it's a piece of sculpture. It's not just a watch. It's one, it's one of the few I've seen that I was like, wow, like that's funky but like in a really original kind of way right yeah absolutely so what are you wearing today today i'm wearing uh i mean it's a blanc pain 50 fathoms mil spec with a moisture indicator okay so uh <laughs> everyone needs a moisture indicator i mean you can tell not, when athletes foot is impending I'm not, I'm not taking that bait but um okay so i only I barely know this brand. Yeah. I'll be honest. I'm not as I deep. appreciate your candor. Yeah, listen, I'm honest about it. <laughs> uh, the only thing I know about this brand is that 
they have a fancy, fancy, fancy watch that has an actual like bell that like it's like a, it's a wristwatch with an actual like bell chime in it. Really? Yeah. Oh. I didn't know that. Okay, well, shit. Well, great. I don't know the name. It's like 1836 or something like this. Oh, okay. okay. I am not an ex. I have to yeah. Google this now Okay. while we're doing this. Because this is a mid-60s watch produced for, for it's called a mil spec because it was for the military. Uh, I mean, the, the moisture indicator is kind of genius. Like, it tells you if there's moisture in the watch, but presumably by then your watch stops working. I was going to say, it's already under, like, you're <laughs> yeah, already. You're like, oh, the hands aren't moving. It's, the watch is fucked. Right. But also, oh, but the moisture indicator confirms that it's broken. Right. It's like the Coors Light can where the mountains get blue when it's cold enough. Is it's that like, right? Yeah. That's like their big selling point. Is that like those t-shirts you put your hand on and it leaves it's the It's like imprint? a hypercolor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know. It's Why like, don't they make underpants like that? I they probably do. Like, imagine if you were farting a lot, then the back air would be kind of a glowy, angry you'd have circle. You'd have to be not wearing pants, though. Well, you know, as an older gentleman. Right. Well, that's appealing. You know, as, as people on a podcast, are we wearing <laughs> pants right now? Uh, who knows? Who knows? I am, just for the record. Um, <laughs> that reminds me of an interview I did once. Oh, God. I was doing, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was at a photo festival, um, and I, had an, I was being interviewed by a journalist in another country and it, so I had to get up at like five in the morning so I put on a t-shirt it was a FaceTime thing or whatever it was then I put on a t-shirt and then we were talking and I think I dropped I remember dropping something and I, I was like oh hang on and I bent over and stood up and and oh uh, yeah <laughs> and then it's one of those things where if this uh, yeah it was pantless yeah you were business casual because I had casual. just gone out of bed it was, it was dressed down Friday it was casual Friday right it was pantless Friday <laughs> but I but I, I but, you know, it's a total accident. It wasn't like – but it'd be one of those things now where you'd hear about some famous New York Times columnist and that was his thing. Right. Like he would never wear pants and always pretend to drop something. Right, yeah. But it was actually a Unintentional. real – Unintentional. Yeah, it was, actually, it was actually a real mistake because I was groggy. It happens. Yeah. Um, okay, so you've got the moisture-sensing Blanc what? Pond. Yeah. Blanc Pond? Blanc Pond. Blanc Pond. Yeah. I'm, I'm – Man, I, most, I, leave, I leave the country and I'm like the most uncultured sounding person on planet Earth. Um, <laughs> you know what about the funny thing about America is Americans will give they will give foreign accents to words, but it's the wrong foreign accent. Okay. I so, for instance, like can in France, the town is pronounced can in French. But uh, Americans will say Khan because they think it's like the wrath of Khan. Honestly, <laughs> because they think it's that's the French pronunciation of that word. Right, because we don't know. We're idiots. I know, but it's amazing. It's kind of genius. Like if you invented a special accent pronunciation for a word that's completely wrong. I do this with a restaurant in my neighborhood, and I've been doing it for What's like it ten called? years. Okay, so <laughs> not to give them like a like a plug, but whatever. Like, it's, what? a good, it's a good place. Yeah, it's a good place. They got a little. The, Bread comes out in a little like uh, like a plant. ziggurat. No, like a like a little pot that you put like a plant in, like the size of like this coffee okay. cup, which is a sixteen ounce coffee cup. <laughs> um, no, but it's called Anella, right? A N E L L A. Okay. So what were you calling it? Anella. Like Gianni I just, I just roll it. I just roll well, it. That sounds good. It sounds good. It's wrong. Uh, well, how is it supposed? Anella. Oh. <laughs> Like I just like, I'm like, oh, it must be Italian. Oh. So did you, Dan, have you been saying, the, have you been pronouncing it to them for the last 10 years and they never corrected you? No, I mean, I would just say to other people, like, oh, oh do you want to go to Anyella? And they're like, right. sure. And then like finally get called out on it. And they're like, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's just Anella. Right. And I'm like, I didn't know. Oh. No, but you've come back and so actually this is the correct way to pronounce it in Ukrainian. In Ukrainian. Or oh. now soon to be Russian. Oh, <laughs> I know. Inform, that's, for Russia. For, so, formerly known as Ukraine. <laughs> 
All so, right. So wait. So back to today's watch. Yeah. Right. So you've got roughly right now what five, six cars. Yeah. In the fleet. Yeah. How many watches do you have right now? Uh, that your wife knows wife about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the wife number? And then you can just like hand yeah, signal to uh, me like signal. how many. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say twenty-five watches. That's the wife number. No, that's the real number. That's the real number. Yeah. Okay. How yeah. many does she think you have? No, she sees like them 15? all. She sees them all. <laughs> She's t- she doesn't care about any of this stuff. Um, I, I mean, I'd really try and have not. It's kind of like cars. Like I just want to wear everything and and or drive everything. So I'd, I'd rather. I mean, that's still a shitload of watches. It's a lot own. of watches. Yeah, it's a lot. But I talk to friends and they've got a hundred or five hundred, and and that num those kind of numbers just I don't know what you do with that. That's just col- you're collecting. You're hoarding. You're hoarding. You're not collecting. You're hoarding. You're, you're yeah. going to be found dead under a pile of New York Times <laughs> Sunday Times magazines, at, like you know, one day. That's that's what that, that is. Yeah. They'll have collapsed on top of you, and you're decomposing. The cats have eaten your face. That's why I don't have any cats. But <laughs> Skip cats. Something will have eaten your Get face. It's New York, man. That's true. The Rats, roaches. cats, roaches. <laughs> Neighbor. Yeah. Um, crabs. Crabs. <laughs> They'll migrate up from your pubic area <laughs> and eat your face. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Everyone in New York has crabs. Um, it's okay. 25 watches. Yeah. And you rotate them out? Like you kind yeah, of like I buy and sell? And, yeah. I mean, I've well, now I've sort of... In a in an area where I feel like this is the thing I'm interested in, but but yeah, I'm sure that in two years' time it'll be something else. But that's what what I'm in right now. Okay. What is the most recently acquired watch? Uh, an Omega. It's called the Black Tulip. It was the it was a Seamaster Quartz that they only made a couple of hundred of. They made them on demand apparently because they they were it's 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 coated in seraplate it's some like ceramic coating that's super hard that so it's like the early version of like a ceramic bezel sort of thing but the whole thing is ceramic like the band the, everything the, everything but the ceramic and the band it's ceramic riveted onto steel hold on i'm gonna pull it's this called up the here. omega black so it, it's i just think it's really cool I, I find that there's really interesting quartz watches in the 80s you can get that you if you wanted to make a collection of quartz stuff you could you could find you oh um, that's a really it's actually really nice. It sort of looks like uh, it's weird because it's a bl- royal oak. I mean, a weird because yeah. the band a little. I'm, I mean, if you look in different pictures, it looks black or it looks silver, like because graphite. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it kind of, and so that's the most recent thing I, I bought. Okay, what are you eyeing next? I don't know. Like, I do mean, you have like a do you, do you a, have list? a dealer? Yeah, do you have like a like a like <laughs> yeah, do you have a hit list? Do you have like a dealer no, who calls you up and like, hey, I got just, this. There's people. No, I mean. I f- I'm sure that most dealers find me very irritating. I was going to buy a watch this weekend from a dealer, and then he sent me pictures, and I, I, and I noticed that the band had been repaired. And so, you know, I'm sure now he never wants to speak to me again because somehow it's my fault. Right. It's your fault but for I, calling I, him out on his bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so no, there's not – I don't really have a list. It's just – the funny thing about collecting, I find, is that, that – you can look at things for years and not like them, and then suddenly a little cog will turn in your brain, and you'll go, "Oh, that thing is amazing! How can I not have thought it was amazing all these years?" Right? Do you find that happens to you? Uh, it happened for me with olives. <laughs> you know, like I didn't like Actually, them for a long time, and then all of a sudden, like one day, I was like, "I was like hungry, like there's the only thing on the table." So yeah. Like, okay, sure. And I was like, "Oh, uh, you know, so bad." Funnily enough, same thing for me. Olives? Yeah, I always hated olives and capers. Capers, I haven't come around to. I don't like oh, capers. Yeah, capers are tough. I, yeah, I hate capers. Okay, so it's kind of like olives. But I'm sure everyone but, at home but can But capers relate. and olives, I feel like they're same family. They're brethren. They're blood brothers. I, they might. I think 
Aren't they from the same? God, I'm going to say. You going to Google this? I got to Google this because I want to make sure I don't say something stupid forever on the internet. It's way too late. Are olives and capers related? Related. That's actually. They're both qualified as meats. So here we go. Capers are immature flower buds from the. So immature. They really are. Oh my God! You're like so immature, caper. They grow from a caper bush. Wait, a caper's like tween olives? No, but they are. They, grow they are. Up. They're tween olives. I think they're like they're always rolling their eyes at olives. Capers are like, oh my god, you're so boring. To, now we got to get like a botanist on here to explain. Let's like, call in a botanist. Right? Do we have do we have the budget for a botanist? Can we call one in? I like. Um, I'm just gonna say that capers are tween olives, man. That's fine. I'm gonna go with that. We can make that. They're true. surly. They're always rolling their eyes. They go in the room, slam the door. They do. They do. They got yeah. a lot of posters on the wall. They listen to what's her name, Billie Eilish. Oh, people like her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Turn that music down, capers. Okay, so uh, I got a few more questions here. Okay, and then we're gonna. Look you you don't want to talk about olives anymore? I do, I'm not really. I mean, I feel like there's a, big, there's a big demographic of people follow Mr. Enthusiast who are really into olives and capers. Well, I feel like they are because olives are like a high class kind of snack, and I'm a high class geezer. You really are. So you know what I like sense. as a snack? Biltong. Oh, Australian jerky. No, South yeah. African jerky. Is it? Oh, Get out. Fuck, you're right. You've shamed oh, yourself. it is South African. Ah, my friend used to, in, in boarding school, my friend, he used to tell me it's cured because the, the way to cure it, they'd have it between the saddle of a horse and the saddle's, the horse's flanks. That's disgusting. It's delicious. I don't know if that's true or not, but it, I always thought, oh, that sounds tasty, which tells you a lot about That tells me a whole yeah, lot about you which, on a personal level. Yeah, which, <laughs> like, oh, was, oh, delicious. Animal sweat infused <laughs> meats. <laughs> Oh, man. That's a good snack. I like peanut butter pretzels. Uh, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> you know that's, that's... I would build tong, you know, soaked in animal sweat, in bull sweat. Yeah. You go for peanut butter pretzels. Yeah, they're, they're a good snack. It's a healthy snack. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so any watches you regret selling? Yeah, I mean, I sold a couple of Rolex Pre-Daytonas. Um, I mean, what will happen? Pre-Daytonas. Yeah, the, the, what will happen? I like Rolex pre-Daytonas, the, the stuff, the, not the Daytonas and the GM, but the stuff that's sort of early 60s, 50s, 40s stuff. So for the uninitiated, like myself, that's like, oh, it's a Rolex and it's got the chronograph with the... It's just sort of a fussy looking Rolex. And there's not many of them. And I kind of, I'm such a snobby git that I, I like things that are, I mean, I, it's not about money. It's about quantity. Like I like things that haven't produced a lot of. I feel like, you know, collecting is a reflection of who you are, so uh, not a reflection of who everyone else is. So when you go to the watch sausage party, it, I like it if I'm wearing something that other people aren't wearing. Like I find you, often you go to the, a watch meetup and everyone's wearing like of some version of the same thing. Like, are there ever women at these meetups? No, it's total sausage <laughs> fest. Full of dudes it's, too? It's, it's sausage palooza. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, am- it's amazing. So basically, Jimmy Dean opening act. I mean, right. it's, it's it's amazing to me. Yeah, uh, and it's kind of sad actually. I mean, I feel like women should go to so- no, forget it. No, yeah. no, yeah, that's okay. not gonna. Nope. Okay. That doesn't, no, <laughs> family show. This is a family show. Hey, hey. hey. wait, Mikhail is texting you. <laughs> right. Oh, hold on. Oh wait, show's canceled again. <laughs> again, you're recanceled. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny because like, you know, I see a lot of watches in my Instagram feed. Um, but it's all new, shiny stuff. Well, that's what's really fashionable right now. Look, let me just be clear. It's not that I find those. I, I think all those GMTs, all that stuff, they're beautiful, super cool watches. I just want to... Are you saying that because I'm wearing a GMT? Yeah, I okay, am, actually. Thank you. I, thank <laughs> she's you. saying that because I was like, oh, shit, he's wearing a GMT. I can't <laughs> insult him. I'm canceled again. <laughs> Wait, oh, it's you texting me now. The... 
No, because um, look, uh, you know what? You know what excites me is imagination and surprise. Like it's so cool when you go to a car show and you see a guy in an autozam, right? And I You're think, like, what made you choose? I that? love that. I love the fact that you you re- you resisted the gravitational pull of a nine eleven or whatever it happens to be, and you bought an. I mean, well, autozam's much cheaper, but you bought an autozam. That's and it's so cool, right? So Have you, you ever seen one in person? I've not. I saw one a couple of weeks ago. It's pocket sized. It's like proper K car. Yeah, like really, like yeah, pocket sized. It's a, but it's so cool. It's an amazing thing. Can you fit in one of those? Yeah. Oh, I can't. No, I bet you could. I, Surprisingly, I can't fit in a Miata. At least I not bet comfortably. You, you know what? You wouldn't be able to fit in a two twenty. Uh, so okay, I've actually driven a two twenty. Have you for like a half? Three quarters of a mile. Wait, how was that? Why have we not? Did you not talk about this? I'm, I'm uh, glad that, you know, I don't. I, how was it? Uh, terrifying because it was December of like 2009. Okay, at some random tuner shop in Long Island. <laughs> okay, and the car was there because some guy just bought it and he was getting exhaust put on it. Okay, and the guy that ran the shop was like, I don't know, take it out if you want. <gasps> and what was it like? I mean, we were getting photos of it. It was like for like right. a photo shoot for a car was, magazine. So like, you know, I was like, okay, cool. Just drive down the block and back. Right. And didn't even really get on. Like, just like, just you know, just took it down the street. Real right. casual. Like, yeah. Barely rolled into the throttle. And the second there was like even like an ounce of boost start, I was like, oh, fuck this. No way. Like, <laughs> it, but you could tell when the boost coming on, though. Yeah, no, it was terrifying. That was, 80s boost is like sex. Like, you know the orgasm is coming. <laughs> And and as you can kind do of you, do you do you really well okay may, maybe other people I'm like oh wait that just happened I swear this has never happened before no but it is it's like it's you know the way it's happening when it happens you start laugh okay no you know what? I'm just gonna start you start laughing yeah I start laughing then you apologize yes because it's yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay yeah so I have I have sat in a jag and it was tight it is it right? was real it, it's also why I remember the comically small. Sun visor. Well, they're just in the way. Just, yeah. Because they're folded down. Because if you fold... Are they folded up? No. If you fold down, then you just can't see half the windscreen. Right. It's totally useless. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, do you have a favorite car brand? No. No. I mean... Do you have a least favorite car brand? <laughs> Not really. I mean, I'd like a lot of... I just... I like... I really... The one thing I will say, if I can say an amazing thing about myself, and there's so many to choose from. Please start the I top. Mean, I mean, I, let's, you know, this should be another podcast. Just Phil's Just Phil list. talking about the great uh, things about Phil. Yeah, I feel like that's a huge, a very deep topic. Um, I'm, not, I'm not really, I'm brand agnostic, but I'm not a snob. Like, I like everything. You know, like, there's no, there's no, like, there's no car brand or watch brand I'm opposed to on, on just as a, as a, I like, I'm interested in everything as long as it's interesting, if that makes any sense. It makes sense. You know, so that's why I like, I was watching, um, do you watch the Late Break show? I do not. It's, I really love that guy, Johnny Smith. I asked him if he'd be interested in doing some Viva Bastardo stuff. We had been chatting, and then it went deathly silent. <laughs> that's but, obviously a yes. Yeah, I took it as a yes. Yeah, I, yeah. I, when I the stood, line goes silent, it's yeah, a yes. I stood outside his house. I rang his bell a couple of times. <laughs> I'm here, I'm here. <laughs> um but he reviewed, I think it was a it was a Russian Jeep. Is it a Lada maybe or something? It has like the headlights. It has these weird like um, lights above the headlights. It's sort of weird looking. But it's really, I love, I think it's very cool looking. 
I, I just find everything. I'm, I'm, I'm just, in, I'm drawn by aesthetics, really. I'm a shallow bastard. Like I don't care about how things work. I don't know how things work. That's why I don't care if it's a four cylinder or a six cylinder or twelve. It never doesn't make any difference to me. Right. All that matters is how it looks and, and how it feels when you're driving it. Okay, so you're you're the experience and aesthetic guy. That's right. Okay. That's right. Like when people say, "Oh, you have to." You know, should be a twelve. I mean, twelve. I don't care if it's twelve cylinder. I, I just, right. Is the experience enjoyable? Right. Does it please my eyes? That's right. That's the bottom okay. line. Yeah. For everything, you'd make a great racing driver <laughs> because they tend to not really like know about all the mechanical details. I know, but I'm but I'm really a village idiot. I thought, for instance, until very recently, I thought that the spark plugs only functioned when you started the car. I thought. Ooh, I God. thought. <laughs> Hold on, Mikhail's texting me again. Cancel. Yeah. Again. You have to go do training. This now. is well. This is re- relatively. Re- I think until like 2005, 2006, I thought they just kind of started the car and then they stopped just once. Yeah, they, that's and right. that's a perpetual. It's not just going. I didn't realize they were going at all times. Yeah. Now the knowledge has increased somewhat. But um, <laughs> all right. I mean, that's yeah. You, okay. Because I was driving the 246 Dino in. I used to keep it in the pu- public garage down the street for me in the city and i'd drive it around new york like when if i was if i was feeling sad or gloomy or whatever i'd drive the car around i'd feel so much better and i have to say actually it, driving that car was like being elvis right it was the only car i've ever driven where women would come up to me yeah, it's funny because most of the car like most of the cars you describe having no one has in people either think it's a really shitty it's a shitty dudes car at with, gas stations want to talk to you pretty women on the street do not well or it, particularly the Group B stuff, people like the Evo 2, people thought it was just a shitty old car with a really bad body kit. Right. And they're like, what's this guy do? We drive around as a yeah. badly modified vehicle. Yeah, which I kind of loved. But the Dino was so beautiful that people would come up to me. Um, oh, but that car, I, th- this is why I'm talking about this. That car, I was driving down second and it stopped working. So because it's, because it's the Dino, people are like, oh, of course I'll help you. And they pushed it into a parking spot and I called up my friend and he said, if you check the spark plugs, I said, what do you mean? Why would I check the spark plugs? They're only good for when you start the car. And that's and how then, you learned. And then, <laughs> then there was a silence. A very long, there was a, yeah. like, his fa- like his hand was definitely like on his face. Like just- There was a silence and then some laughter. And then, are you serious? And then more lo- laughter. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you taking the piss? Yeah, exactly. He was an English guy. So, yeah, it wasn't, are you taking the piss? Of course. That's yeah. the And then standard. me going, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, closing question. Closing. Closing question. Oh. Not a clo- We'll talk about clothing some other time. Okay. Because the elephant is <laughs> right. all clothing. <laughs> right. It's a whole different thing. That's uh, the the sub sponsor. Have you ever driven a proper American pickup truck? Like a big actually, Dodge Ram? Yeah. Or like actually, a- I drove um, once. Uh, once. Drove yeah. A pickup I truck to, once. Yeah. I drove my. I borrowed. I was staying with my friend in North Carolina in college, and he wanted me to pick him up from work. And I took his truck, and I pulled out and <laughs> got hit by a car and went into some shrubbery and caused like three grand's worth of damage to the shrubbery of a firehouse. And that was my first and only experience driving a pickup truck. So I, I would understand why you turned off to potentially driving more pickup trucks. There's an amazing pickup truck in the garage down the street for me, an old one from like the... 60s in a powder blue and white two-tone. Is it a Ford? Is it a Chevy? Is it a... Uh, it's a, a Chevy. 
a Fashevi. A Fashevi. It's a Manischewitz. We, it's a Manischewitz yeah. pickup truck. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, it's a, great. It's, it's amazing brand. Yeah, I uh, saw one of those in Kosher. South Williamsburg. It's kosher. Yeah, yeah. no, it's yeah. nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's what they all those guys drive in. Winnie's. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what brand it is. I think it, I feel like it's. I I'm, feel like we have I'm found con- a weak spot. And I think we're going to fill this in with education. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think some of them. I'd like those '40s ones. Okay, those are cool looking. I mean, they were actually. Would all you cool ever looking. add one? You to know, the actually, fleet? what I, I like is weirdly, I like the '80s ones, the super boxy and small. When they were kind of small and super boxy. I, you know, I feel like you need a GMC Cyclone. <laughs> you know what I really want? I want one of those wag those vans. I think from the seventies with the porthole, the Perspex bubble porthole. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the and then the and the howling moon, howling wolf, and then like a semi naked lady spray painted on the side. Right, and there's no seats inside. It's just like yeah. a bed <laughs> and shag carpeting, yeah, and like it, it's a, a stained mattress <laughs> from <laughs> straight from Science the Lambs that you got on Avenue C <laughs> That's and right. kept all these years. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, on your Van Dreams note, uh, I think we'll wrap up introducing you to the audience. That's enough. I think. The, That's en- I think. I think, I think at enough. this point they understand who you are, right? And what they're going to be in this, for. Thank you for, and this will be the first and last <laughs> Viva Bastardo podcast show. <laughs> <laughs> no, many more to come. Um, but I guess this is where we just—I don't know how to end it awkwardly. Yeah, awkwardly, uh, yeah, we can awkwardly end it. Goodbye, right? everyone. Bye. Thank you.